The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer, You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. What a 
gift to me to be able to journey with you all this or my first Holy Week with you all here at St. Stephen's. Um, last night we gathered in this space for Stations of the Cross that were led by our high school youth. And it was a powerful experience for me personally. Walking with Jesus during his last few days on earth is powerful, but this service had taken some contemporary reflections on how the story is still our story today. There was a brilliant movie that came out in 2010, a French film of gods and men, and it's closely based on the true story of a group of French Cistercian Trappist monks caught up in the violence and destruction of the country they chose as home. It's a reflection that reminds me that the Last Supper is not just an event from 2,000 years ago, but still our story today. You might recall that in the 90s, Algeria was being ravaged by a gruesome civil war. In 91, the government declared martial law as the ruling powers had lost an election to the Islamic Salvation Front. And violence escalated between the government and various Islamist rebel groups. Guerrilla warfare had become a way of life in Algeria, and groups initially only attacked the police and people in the army, but violence towards civilians became an all-too-well-known reality. And in a small mountain town in the Atlas Mountains, this Trappist monastery has been there since the mid-19th century. Monks have existed peacefully, um, in, in kind of a complex way because of the French colonialist um, way that they, were, they, they came to be there, but they've been actively working towards reconciliation following the French and Algerian War. The monks would sell honey, and they'd use those proceeds to care for many of the larger concerns of the community. And they were certainly seeking to live an active way towards reconciliation and the sins of their forefathers. And so the movie is set during the Civil War, and the monks are largely seen as foreigners in Algeria. They're at least not native to the land. And as tension and violence escalates, there's this ongoing concern for the monks. When a group of Croatian workers are executed in the middle of the day, local authorities attempt to persuade all the Christians to flee for safer ground. The movie traces the tension of the monastic community, the desire for some of the monks to leave. But ultimately, the decision is made to stay. With each awakening in the middle of the night by groups of militants, it becomes ever clearer that the monks are risking their very lives. Two of the monks end up taking care of a wounded jihadist, and they pray for helping and learn to forgive the people they expect will ultimately take their own lives. There's this beautiful scene towards the end of the movie when the monks have gathered for a meal. 
There's bread, there's certainly wine. Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake is playing on a little radio. And so they sit quietly down, each adorned with nothing more than their white and brown habits. Not a person speaks. The camera pans from face to face. Each brother is quiet. A few have smiles on their face. Some are shedding tears. They're evident. They evident they are overcome by both the tremendous sadness and yet the utmost faith. They've become a living, breathing prayer more attuned to moments that lie ahead. Unlike the disciples in our gospel today, this scene portrays the brothers fully understanding what is to come next. It is their own last supper. Their lives and faith have culminated in sitting together one last time at the table, together in communion, with nothing more than their community and their faith. Death was shrouded in the loving hands of their profound faith. The Monday Thursday liturgy is incredibly striking. It's what you will experience. It's what you're experiencing now, but what culminates at the end of our service. The supper, the event of the disciples gathering with Jesus at a Passover meal, is found in all four of the gospel accounts. Yet the account for John is strikingly different than the synoptic gospels. There are no words of institution, there's no taking of bread and blessing it or taking the cup and offering thanks. Instead, John tells of Jesus getting up and washing the feet of the disciples and commanding his disciples to do the same to the world. Jesus instead institutes a new commandment that you love one another. He says, just as I have loved you, you should love one another. The world will know disciples of Jesus by their love. This is his last message of foot washing. He even washes the feet of Peter, who will deny him. He lovingly washes the feet of Judas, who will betray him. Love that leads to death. They are gathering with him for the very last time around a meal and some wine. And once the meal is over, the world will never be the same. Our liturgy marks this. Following our meal together, we will sing a song. The lights will dim. Angie will chant Psalm 22. We will hear the words of the psalmist, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? and are so far from my cry and from the words of my distress. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not answer. By night as well, but I find no rest. It is a plea to God. It is about being left alone to face a relentless power and unprecedented terror. And as we will soon hear the words of Psalm 22, every last bit of adornment 
will be taken out of our sanctuary. The altar guilds will cart the kneelers off, followed by the torches, the altar linens in the frontal. Two members of our altar guilds will wash our altar. The nave will be stripped down to its bareness. It is the preparation for Good Friday, the recognition that this is the last meal we will eat together as disciples of Christ before the world is changed forever in the death and resurrection of our Lord. It is easy to see how the words of Psalm 22 could have been the cry of the monks in Algeria. Instead, they gather to pray and be present to each other on their Last Supper. Their deep conviction that a Last Supper and a sacrifice are not the end, but the beginning means that God has heard their plea. As life became increasingly more challenging, they prayed, they discerned, and they remained faithfully, they remained faithful and convicted. It is as if using the language of John, they knew that their hour had come. Their strong held conviction to love their neighbor, to serve and minister to their enemies, to pray for forgiveness of those who were ultimately to kill them. Their faith in the glory that is revealed on the cross, shaped, directed, and led their life to the moment where they could gather one last time. They also washed the feet of Judas, of Simon Peter, knowing that the whole world had been reconciled through death on the cross. I think our lives are a little different. We are fortunate to live mostly in safety. Our lives are not easily juxtaposed to the life of the monks, but our call to love our neighbor is just as important. Our world is broken, and humanity is hungry for the love of God. Our ability to forgive, to love, to serve, to compassionately care, is how the world can see God's love breaking through. Our faith is what compels us to live in this way. It is a story that is remarkably powerful, the astonishing power of love. And what each of us must dig down deep in the wells of our souls to find and offer this love to the entire world. May we have the confidence of those who have gone before us, the confidence of those Algerian monks to know and trust that God is with us as we, through God, continue the work of loving this world into wholeness, of allowing God's redeeming love to shine through our lives in love of others. Amen.